We haven't had a lot to celebrate lately, but that was one hell of a high note to end 2017 on. Brisbane Mark Captain Matt Mackay's Red Letter Day with a stunning rearguard effort to get away with a win that meant plenty to the team, as evidenced by their reaction at full time. Welcome to the first Brisbane Football Review for 2018 for the DFS Fan Network. It's James here, and I'm happy to be joined by Scott and Adam as per usual. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year, happy James. New Year, guys. It was certainly a Red Letter Day for Matt Mackay, wasn't it? I was waiting for that. Oh, it could have been worse. Yeah. Oh, geez. Milestones of Matt Mackay don't mix, apparently. <laughs> no, apparently not. <laughs> it was, of course, to skip his 250th appearance for the Raw, not counting strikers. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes, wasn't that interesting, a little yeah. Twitter conversation? We'll get into that a little bit more later on. But... Do we have to? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh. It's fun. All right, so let's get started with the A-League recap, and we're going to talk about the Raw's 2-1 win Saturday afternoon at, uh, is it still Cooper Stadium? It is. Okay, good to know. <laughs> Alright, so one change for the Raw. Uh, Ramadak Bari came in for Nick D'Agostino, who obviously is still battling with that ankle injury he suffered a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was a good change as well. I mean, we were talking about it last week. Yeah. Um, talking about it, so we thought it probably would be Nick D'Agostino that would come... I mean, Bari would come in for D'Agostino, but it, it, oh, it was hard for him because I don't think the Raw had enough possession in the first half for him to really do anything, and then obviously the red card near half-time, and he was the one sacrifice, so... Look, I think actually um, Akbari's, I think, selection, I think it sort of actually brought a bit of an X factor yeah. to the side. I think, yeah, obviously, you know, exciting young prospect. And I don't know, like, despite the lack of possession, when we actually did get the ball in the first half, he actually, you know, he got some good moments, touches. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was quite impressed. Like, obviously, we only saw him for half a game yeah. for obvious reasons, but there is enough there to be hopeful about. Absolutely, and there is. Yeah, it does. I think he was shielded quite well by Thomas Christensen, especially. Yeah. And. Once again, we've got to give credit to the big Dane for the, I suppose, uh, solidarity he brought to the midfield. Yeah, that is the right word. That's a word. Yeah. (laughs) A word, yep. But obviously, like, what stood out for me, like, front to back, was just the fact that this was a day for the defenders. Luke Devere and Jacob Pepper, absolutely phenomenal. And Fahid Ben Kalfala as well. Particularly in the second half, those two you first mentioned were brilliant. Ben Kalfala more so in the first half than the second. As we just watch uh, Ben Kalfala scoring on the TV in the background. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good goal, that. <laughs> no, really good, actually, defensive pressure, putting pressure on the Adelaide midfield to win the ball back and then just nipping in there with the goal. It was quite a good bit of play. Both goals were actually quite similar in that respect. Isaias mm. is not sort of the player. He normally makes a mistake like that, but that, that was good pressure. And actually, both both goals, both um, Ben Calfella and Macaroni, they were yeah. actually well-taken goals, yeah. and a lot of players would have, you know, either erred or, you know, choked on the pressure a bit, but they put away. And that's, Particularly you know, the macaroni one where we had yeah. that composure to take a look and just yeah, chip it over the, over the on-Russian keeper. And you also see with Ben Kalfler, he had the confidence to take the touch around yeah. Paul Izzo and then finish it quite well. Because, honestly, like, nothing against the player, but given the luck yeah. the Roar have had this year, you kind of yeah. expected that one to somehow wind yeah. up in row Z. You're right. And I was just watching that. That's not a really good touch there from future soccer who we say, yes, that is it. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends who's running it. Yeah. depends who's running the soccer. Exactly. They may look quite like that. But yeah, like, overall, I think it was what, 28% possession or something for the Roar f- across the match. And look... Was it that much, was it? Yeah. Well, there was a lot of complaints, I suppose, about the, you know 
it not being the Brisbane yeah. Raw style or whatnot, but uh, who cares? Who cares? When, when you're down 10 men for, say, half, you know, you're not going to have, you're not going to be able to play a lot of possession. Yeah. Even based then, that, 73 yeah. to 27 end up yeah. being, according to the official match stats. Even before that, though, they're away from home against a team in form when they're still depleted in large parts. I mean, you have to just win mm. the game any way you can. And I think you're right. It was a really resolute defensive performance. And it goes back to what we've been talking about for a while, where, you know what, it would be great if they were playing like they did under Ange Postacogli, but at the moment, that result is probably yep. bigger than anything last, else they could have done. Last time I checked, football games are won by goals in the back of the net by any means necessary. Like, this whole style stuff advanced, is actually getting... It's starting actually getting, yeah. getting a little bit, you know... Almost ridiculous because at the end of the day, this is a performance based on situation. They grafted a two iron. It's three points, and that's how the record books are going to show it. It is. I, I do think I need to play better as the season goes on. I'm Absolutely. sure I will. Oh, this, yeah, is look, a, this is a sort of yeah. result as well, which can really kickstart momentum in a season. You saw at full time before they cut away quickly just what it meant to the players and John Aloisi. Yeah, it meant, definitely. Clearly meant everything to hold on there. And for me, like what was most important was the fact that everyone actually seemed to understand their role, like yeah. front to back. And obviously, like, the pressing from the front, which led to the first goal, and then, as we said, like, the calmness to take advantage of the opportunities that they were given. Yeah. Adam mentioned they're not playing the raw way, but that, that pressing in the front that is definitely the that raw is, way. Yeah. That's no, that, the, that, that is, yeah. That is the raw way, and it was good to see that come back. We haven't seen enough of it this year. And that pre- and that pressing in the front third is probably going to be very important coming up this weekend. Absolutely. But that's a discussion for segment four. Now we need to say congratulations, Matt McCoy, and his 249 and a half game. <laughs> It wouldn't be 249 because it was a half a game yeah. <laughs> going 200. It, but, it oh. was a sixth A-League red card. Yeah. and yeah, Second so all-time now, isn't it? Second, second all-time. Yeah. He's not going to catch uh, up with Nigel Bugard. I mean, Bugard. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but, yeah, like, not how he would have wanted to mark a milestone, much like his 200th appearance for the Raw. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's hard. Look, you can't you can't redefend it. It was it was a moment of madness by the captain. Look, you know, one is want to do. We will admit, like he, his yeah, passion yeah. does sometimes come to backfire on him. And it is, yeah. And look, and look, at the end of the day, you know, look, he'll he'll serve, you know, his penalty, you know, and he'll he'll know that he did the wrong thing. We but, think two matches, although that's yeah. fairly ambiguous. Thank yeah, you, MRP. Thank goodness Christensen is back now, by the way. Oh, yeah. Without if Christensen was still suspended, still injured, Coletti injured, and Mackay suspended, it would have been big trouble. So at least there's one midfielder in there that we can rely on. But I, I will but I will say this um, about about the whole sort of. It, again, it's, at the end of the day, it was the right call. Like, you know, you can't, you just, you can't strike out at, at a fellow professional's head. No, I just think. I think the leader of the PFA as well. The I believe he yeah. is, um, at least from the players' um, yeah. part of it. But look again, it, it exposed again the whole sort of the, about the correct decision of the process again just looked terrible again. You know, like, and, and look it, from from my point of view, look it was a red card. But if if it was as heinous as some commentators are saying, all that, why isn't the referee just giving a straight why red? Did why the why, why is he? See it? Yeah, he's like he's that's he's on his side. Yeah, it's because not like it's on the opposite side. Like he had a perfect view of it. Because you know what? In the Facebook, Twitter, hundred and forty character age now, it's a race to be the most outraged and who can demand the most ridiculous outcome. Yeah. Like there were people, like, like there were comments saying, "Ban him for the rest of the regular season," you know, "sack him from the club." And I was like, "You're kidding, right?" Yeah. Oh. 
again, I still don't understand why the linesman didn't say yeah. that's a red card. If, it's, if it was proven not to be, they could still overturn that's, it the other way. But, yeah, that, 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 for, that for me was the only disappointing thing about like, the actual offence. Look, at the end of the day, I, I think it's correct. You know, it's 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 you know the it's a it's a red, straight red card. You know, and a couple of matches tacked onto it. But just again, the whole process of it, where it looks like the referee has issued a yellow card and then has upgraded. Or red on the VAR say so, and that that's got to stop. But just yeah. but to me, the referees need to you know grow a set. If it, if it is as bad as what people say, it's clear cut. Give them a straight red. Don't rely on technology to do the job for you. And I think the only like the fan base itself can't really complain about yeah. the red card. Mm-hmm. The only questions that I think are fair to raise here is the VAR interference yep. because yep. what we've been told, especially for the last yep. fortnight, is that the yellow card upgraded to a red was a no yeah, go. It's not that, supposed to be happening anymore. Yeah. That's right, and then all of a sudden, oh I think they no! They got it's around still... it on obvious error. Yeah, yeah. but even so, yeah. like then that's an issue about the yeah. media reporting. Look, I think that's also what the Raw were saying in there when they said they've accepted the two-game ban, but they want clarification on the VAR. Yeah, because yeah. they've had a running battle with it this year, obviously with and the Papadopoulos and, if it is, and also Macaroni's. Own if it is an obvious aerial error, if it's an obvious error, what's going to be done about the referee? Because yes. like I said, he, yeah. he cannot be missing that sort of stuff. You know, whether it's, it's a Brisbane Raw player, any other player in the A-League, you know, to do that and for it to... I'd to, include the assistant yeah. in that too. Yeah. Exactly. I think that Five would be more away. reflected Absolutely. on the assistant. But yeah. hmm. anyway. So, so yes, 250 games for Matt Mackay. I have a question for you, Scott. Yes. Do you know any club that counts their appearances, uh, counts player appearances for other clubs in their club tally? I don't know of any, no. <laughs> I'm not too sure that happens. Uh, <laughs> okay, I just wanted it to... It would cl- be a unique idea. Yeah, I think yeah. you'd be fantastic if you counted Ben Kalfler's time. Was it over in uh, League Gun for well, his Brisbane Raw tally? Well, he's up to 300 appearances then. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> and just, ima- just imagine what Macaroni's Brisbane Raw tally would be. He'd be yeah. the all-time A-League game leader. You should clarify what, uh, why yeah. you're so, talking about this too. So right? on Sunday... On Saturday, Saturday afternoon, you posted on our Twitter account yep. that it was Matt Mackay's 250th Brisbane Raw game, and Francis Oratifi, Oratifi from yeah. SBS Sport, of SBS, yeah. formerly of SBS, yeah, not I don't anymore. Think he's there anymore. Okay, well, he uh, posed a question: Why aren't we counting Matt Mackay's Brisbane Raw, uh, Brisbane Strikers days in his Brisbane Raw tally, and went for the Simpsons quote? Uh, after it was pointed out that he didn't read the tweet properly. No, dig up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, you want to have some fun, go back and look at that on Saturday because yeah. I think there may have been either not reading yeah. properly or not realising that I the Ron Strikers were two different I clubs. Think, I think even Brisbane Strikers might have been insulted by that thought that uh, that, well, that the, the histories of Brisbane Raw and Brisbane Strikers could be melded even for that moment. It's all Brisbane, yeah. it's all the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. unfortunately, I think it's and good luck convincing anyone of that, by the way. Pardon? Good luck convincing anybody of that fact. <laughs> oh, that was... I don't, that, think, I don't think either side supporters would agree with you on that whatsoever. No, and it was one of those things where, you know, it did unite the fan base one way or another. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that was quite amusing. We do have to check now. Did he get a red card in his 150th game as well? I'm not sure. Yeah, but, we should check this. But, uh, his, yeah, I'd say if his 300th game is against Adelaide, bet the house <laughs> on... Oh, dear. <laughs> bet the house on a red card for Matt yeah. McKay. Yeah, that's his third against Adelaide as well, yeah. All right, so second half, we saw Mitch Oxborough come on for Ramadik Burry to, I suppose, solidify the midfield. Rearguard effort continued. They did, of course, concede a goal to Adelaide, but... In a bit the, of an unlucky goal to concede as well, bouncing off the post. Yeah. So right in front of you, couldn't do anything about it. So, But they still were able to hold out and get away with a 2-1 yeah. win. Going forward, how much confidence are they going to take from that? I think it's a win on intangibles and a bit of skill thrown in there. You think about the determination, the desire, the passion to, to fight for the win. And it's been in the last 10, 15 minutes when they, they could have been overrun. 
given their fitness issues we've seen in the past, or like a week ago, we're talking about the fitness of the team. So I think it was really, really good they were able to get the job done. And it could absolutely kickstart something. Look, I think um, like you, you take moments from those and you see you know, a lot of, sort of campaigns over the years that there's one standout result that changes things around. I, and look, I hope as a Brisbane Raw fan that you know, this this is a watershed moment of the season where you know, they've got some belief that they can hold on under absolute you know, fire and, you know, and they go on now and hopefully you know, take something out of this. And I suppose just to close that off, yeah. what, for me, that was the first time I felt in the start of the season where... That if we're looking back in April going, the Aurora hosting a home final or something, you're yeah. looking back at this game as one of the big reasons yeah. why, because they were able to build something Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. And look, if they do happen to go on with it, not saying that they will, but we hope they do, that's where it's all going to be. Yeah. We'll get to it in segment four, but I think they've got a good chance of going on with it, given the way certain teams are struggling at the moment that they're about to run into. That's right. And well, at least one of the teams they're about to run into is struggling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are going to close out just this game recap with a bit more praise for Jamie Young, who, yeah, there were certain uh, places that were saying Ben Calfer has been the Raw's best player this season, but I would say right now it's been Jamie Is Young. Is Jamie no, Young the best keeper in the league at the moment? Sure, why not? I can't think of anyone else who's... Pl- I know Redman's got more clean sheets, but... In Jamie front of, Young. In front of that team, I mean... Geez, you Look, can, he's in the, you he's can in play top. gold, James, and keep clean sheets like, in front of that team. Hey! <laughs> Well, you were a goalkeeper, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I could reach yeah. the crossbar in case anyone yeah. has actually met me in person. All right, so we're going to keep moving on now and uh, get out of segment one. We'll just quickly touch on the other round 13 fixtures. Melbourne victory 2-1 over Newcastle. That was a fun game. Yeah, it was actually a really good game. I'm not too worried from Newcastle's perspective about the um, result because I think they played well. I think they're, they're still going, well, okay, in truth. But they have had, they've had a couple of injuries as well to worry about. I will actually steal a quote from Adam Peacock here saying, that's going to be one of the few games where, despite the fact that one team came away with three points, both probably felt yeah. quite satisfied with that showing. Yeah, look, I think Newcastle, you know, they, they're definitely showing that they deserve to hang with, with the big boys. You know, we thought, we knew, we knew Sydney would be strong. We knew victory now is starting to put it all together. But I think Newcastle's still hanging around and they're going to be there. So I think they can take great confidence out of that. That's right. And then the next game was Sydney FC 6, Perth Glory nil. Wow, that that was um that was boring. vicious. That it was oh, yeah. look, it wasn't boring. No, it, it wasn't just, boring. It shouldn't be like that. That that second half, that that might be you know one of the most complete halves you'll see in a, in a long time. They were just yeah. they were just ruthless. Sydney. Was it one nil at halftime? One nil at halftime, yeah. six nil full time. That's ridiculous. That was phenomenal. They're, they're, they look, are levels above everyone else. Yeah. At the moment. And look, when we have a bit more time on yeah. the show, we will get into the Raw Salona versus Sydney FC debate. Yeah. But for the time <laughs> being... Raw Salona versus Borsalona, that's what I'm calling them. <laughs> well, there you go, hashtag that. I know what our uh, episode yeah. title is going to be when they talk about that. <laughs> Central Coast 0-0 against Wellington. And I've just got a quick stat for this. The last time Central Coast scored a goal, guess when it was? Oh, dear. Uh, it's not when we played them, and they scored since then. It was December 3rd against Perth Glory. Wow. So they've gone Blake Powell's oh, 78-minute yeah. strike wow. uh, was the last time that they scored a goal on December 3rd. So What a boring game to end the year that it was, by the way. Yeah, just so many, I suppose, squandered opportunities. I saw, I saw someone tweet, I said that there'd be very few, there would have been very few people that actually were covering that game who weren't getting paid. <laughs> now, I, know, I know we weren't, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we had it on in the background at our New Year's barbecue, but yeah, I have to admit, I got very frustrated just watching the Central Coast try and formulate an attack. Uh, so, And then at the final game of the round was Western Sydney against Melbourne City. That self-destruct button at Melbourne City is getting a real workout at the moment. I mean, 
the way they're in games and then they just throw it away is ridiculous. It really is. It's two goals and two goals and two minutes. They could West be they Sydney. could be quite close to Sydney FC if they just put ninety minutes together. It's just a shame for them, but it's Three. been the symptom of them for the last few years. Funny the two Melbourne clubs are going in opposite directions. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are. And look, yeah, no, look, uh, it's good, good sort of recovery. I think you know, the game again that Western Sydney, with everything that's been going on at the moment with them, it's a game they need to win. And I yeah. think they they sort of they got in front quickly, but then then sort of held on. So injuries though again for the Wanderers. Mm. Yep, and of course finding players that actually want to play for Yossip Gomba at the moment. <laughs> But we're going to talk about that more in segment four. We're going to come back after this with segment two. And this is, yeah, let me start that again. This is the Brisbane <laughs> Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. back to the Brisbane Football Review. James Scott and Adam here for the DFS Fan Network. We're going to go into segment two, but we're going to switch up the order a little bit because we get, we get to close out the segment with a special interview with Hayley Rasso. I thought you'd be a little bit more excited about that. I thought you were going to continue on reading. Okay. <laughs> that is good. So yeah, I had a chance to catch up. Look forward to hearing it. Pardon? Look forward to hearing this interview. Yeah, well, I had a chance to catch up with her this afternoon out at the Raw W League training base and... Well, I was happy with it. I hope you two are as well. But before that, let's get on to the news. The independent tribunal rules that clubs must release players for the AFC Under-23 tournament. So this doesn't really affect the Raw, does it? No, they're probably the luckiest club in the competition, along with Wellington. They have no players in the squad, which is, given their injuries, quite lucky. Yeah. There were a few players that probably could have been in the mix, but they were all left behind. But again, it's interesting, fascinating sort of, you know, battle now this whole, and I guess it's sort of the poll ticking over the last few months, it's just another sort of, you know, flashpoint. But look, at the end of the day, um, sort of reading, especially the outsiders view looking in, it's not looking, it doesn't look very, very good on Australian football at the moment that, you know, the clubs are trying to intervene and stopping young players going to this tournament, even though there's nothing really on the line. That's why. um, Still, I think, you know, country versus club is sort of the, sort in the whole thing and it's just yeah it's just not a great look I am firmly yeah. of the belief that it's always country first yeah. well uh, the thing about it is it's they're taking players who won't be available for the next Olympic campaign so it's another 23 team but there a lot of them are too old for the next Olympic campaign so why wouldn't you take a few younger players instead of it's like the age 18, 19 and age group to the 22 and that is exactly where yeah, I which the is line. that's where yeah. I would have actually done if you were building for it I think clubs would have been more inclined to let players go but apparently there is some sort of participation agreement between the yeah. A-League clubs and the... Yeah, there's an, F- I think it's you have to release your players. And, but it does seem a little bit like the clubs are just trying to take any sort of victory they can in their mm. battle with the FFA. Yeah, it's just the latest battle in a, a war that's going to yeah. continue on, unfortunately. All right, so we're going to move on. Matt Mackay receives a two-match ban, we think... From the MRP. Adam, this is your little bugbear. Yeah, look, oh, look, it's the whole sort of, you know, like when you read the statement that was put out by the, the by the league, you know, through you know, through the FFA and you know, where they, they use sort of you know, all these big jargon terms and all that. And look I admittedly I was the one that posted on our Facebook page that I thought it was one the, the mandatory one match ban plus the two additional, but sort of sort of then being citing other sources sort of been put to me that you know it's actually too inclusive. But the point the point is is that why why does the the statement have to read like that you need a legal oh, degree. It's ridiculous. Like, that's like, why can't they just say Matt McKay's been banned for two games? End of story. Yeah, and if you want to go into a little bit more yeah. detail, simplify it. Yeah. Because look, I think 
I don't know how it was for you guys, but I was reading that hmm. while doing something else. So it should yeah. be fairly straightforward. You should be able to look at it and say, this is what's going on. Scott? So I just keep reading. I'm keep talking. I'm just reading something now. They've just announced what's come out. About? about fixtures for the weekend. I'm just reading oh, and I'll yeah. get back to you. Okay. All right. Well, Adam, it's you and I for the yeah, next little while. <laughs> yeah. You I can think the new walkout song, if you like. It, well, we've already heard it, haven't we, in our yeah, introduction? So. It's great. Yeah, for those who haven't heard it, obviously not listening to our show for the last 15, 16 yeah. episodes. Don't skip the intro. It's great. It's yeah. arguably the best part of the show. Yeah, I'm not going to argue <laughs> I've heard that, it's actually. the best part of the show. <laughs> yeah, so uh, The Roar have announced that Powderfingers' My Happiness is going to be the new walkout song, replacing Fatboy Slim's Right Here, Right Now. Previously, Roar by Katy Perry, and before that, Centuries by Fallout Boy. And we ran a little bit of a poll on our Facebook page trying to get people's opinions of it. Adam? We, we did, and um, it's we asked, we asked the question that, that, uh, that they've chosen the, the song. Yeah, there's a bit of conjecture on who actually chose it, but that's you know, not there. Well, the point I would just make on that is, like, uh, there are a few small groups yeah. trying to com- like claim that they were the ones that requested it. I think okay. a fair portion of the fan base has said that's the song that they yeah. wanted. Yeah. It's and, just taken to this point for uh, everyone to And it's make just it been happen. a couple of people to push it over the line. And look, for look those at, efforts, good for you. Look, at the end of the day, the club's got to prove it. So it's, it's Brisbane Marine, it's I don't place it. Fans can take credit as much as they want, wherever they want. But just on the result, I the think poll, it's Vince Regari, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Vince, no, no, Vince is okay because he was pushing it and yeah. he's pushing our barrel when we when we actually put it at the intro. But it's sixty five percent yes and thirty five percent no. So that was. Um, I'm actually a little bit surprised that um, the no vote is actually a lot um, a lot higher than I would have thought. I think I, a lot of people just think it's not a pump up song. Yeah, pump yeah. Up song. I think yeah. they do have their reasons on um, on why they don't believe it's sort uh, of. Because yeah, for various reasons, but um, but yeah, still a majority say yes. So we'll see how it goes Friday night. But you know, what? if the like, if say sixty five percent of the crowd buys into it at the next three home games, that's going to be awesome because yeah. you consider sixty five percent of stadium. So you've got the Den and let's just say yeah. half the Western Grandstand. Yeah. That's still pretty good. Well, and if sixty five percent people buy in, that's way more than buy into the current song. Yeah, like that boy, like that song they've got right now. Good, but it's the same song they play at Melbourne City, though, and Arsenal. Yeah, and I would, and for those that say it's not the most imposing song, we'll consider "You'll Never Walk Alone" or West Ham's Michael Jackson special. I'm forever blowing bubbles. <laughs> I thought it was a SpongeBob special. <laughs> a SpongeBob special. But mind, mind you, as as um, just just looking at some of the comments on our post, uh, as uh, Louis Valenti sort of said, nothing beats two seasons. They they played "Me and You" by Nero, which is I remember that one. It's a you're testing my musical knowledge here. Yeah. You really are. Oh, geez, I must be more hippy-dippy than you guys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh look. I, to be fair, I, just be grateful I know what Powderfinger is. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, but for me, I'm really happy because I think the best argument for it, it's a Brisbane band. They're yeah. synonymous with the city. And look, you, you're never going to get them to reunite. But, you know, I'm sure if you ask Bernard Fanning very, very nicely, he'd at least listen to your request to play it live at the home finale. Yeah. Oh, I'll save it for a hopeful final, maybe. Yeah. Now, before we move on to the youth league, um, they've announced A League have announced they've pushed back a bunch of kickoffs for the weekend in Victoria and New South Wales. Is that because of the heat wave? Yeah, because of the heat wave. Okay, feel so free. So it's to on their website. That. If you want to go through, it doesn't affect any Brisbane games, I don't think. So. Okay, so it's breaking news as we're recording. Yeah. So just remember, when you're listening to this, it was live for us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, no, no effects on Brisbane games. No. 
no. Friday, Friday, I thought, Monday, I yeah. thought the youth team might have been away at victory, but that doesn't not not on the list of games affected. This is where us actually doing some sort of post production yep. would come in very handy yeah. right now to edit that last <laughs> thirty seconds. But yep. anyway, let's move on. That's youth- your job anyway. Post production. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, National Youth League round six, City three 0 over Brisbane. We will, would talk about this, but we actually already did it on our last Friday special, so yep. go back into our podcast feed yep. and listen to that. And then we're going to talk about the... Yeah, next game is January 7th away to Melbourne Victory. Now we're going to talk quickly about the W League, because we didn't really get to see a whole lot of that. Thank you, Broadcast Agreement. But, massive win for the Raw Girls. 2-0 over Perth Glory, thanks to Hayley Rasso, who you'll hear coming up very, very shortly, and Alira Toby. Yeah, look, we saw the highlights of the um, of the goals. The, um, the the first goal, first goal Harley Rasso scored. Like that was a, a goal mouth scramble. Yeah. But um, look again, Claire Polkinghorne, she was you know involved heavily in that. She actually got the final touch before for Rasso sort of um, rifled in. And and the, um, the second goal I thought was also quite nice. So Katrina Gorry yeah. as well. You know she was heavily involved in that and got the cross. And second goal was really good. That quality. perfectly yeah. placed yeah. cross. Exactly. And Alira Toby was there. And I trying to remember yeah. the highlights now, but I feel like was it Russell or someone else was there as well to poke it home? Uh, was someone that, else was th- in the box, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone was there with Toby, so it was a case of one or the yeah. other. And, and you have to say, the yeah. goals were coming as well, just based on the um, the social media we were all following. I think everyone was following the Perth Glory Twitter account on, on, Saturday, on Friday night. And it was clearly a game where the Raw had the majority of the chances. Mm. And we did get uh, Far Post Perth involved as well, another yes. daily football show fan network site, mm. so you might want to check that out if I haven't offended them by my <laughs> jokes about Perth. Yeah, also as well, but the one the one interesting side note for those who weren't aware is that Sam Kerr didn't play for family reasons, so I think we, while the season's so, they're sort of you know, dropping out a little bit, but as long as Sam Kerr is in that side, they are a very, very lethal team, you don't want to, you don't want to be, be in the finals. Yeah, you don't want to be the meeting them. No yeah. And whatever those family reasons are, we hope they work mm. out for the best. Yep. And then this Friday, 4.20pm at Suncorp Stadium, the Roar at home to Melbourne Victory. Double header with the A-League side again. I wonder if they're going to wear the Maroon shirts. That's a good question if the W-League side will wear the Maroon shirts. It would have been great if I remembered that question right before this <laughs> <Yeah>. very minute. <laughs> yeah. But instead, we're going to finish off this segment by stopping now and throwing to our interview with Hayley Rasso. Very pleased to have on the Brisbane Football Review our first guest for 2018, a fan favourite, Hayley Russo. Hayley, welcome. Thank you for having me. All right, so we're here at the Fig Tree Pocket training fields for the Raw W League side. How is it training out here for you guys? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, as you can see, there's some nice facilities. Uh, it's good to be out here every week with the girls, uh, getting those trainings in under our belt and getting prepared for our games. And how are you finding it under Mel Andretta? Oh, I'm really enjoying it. It's nice to be back at home back playing for your local team and uh, she's doing really well with us as you can see and it's it's been really good working with her. So you returned to Brisbane this year after some overseas and other W League stints. How did the return come about? Uh, I just got speaking with Mel before the season started and she said she'd love to have me back here and for me it was a really easy decision uh, to represent your home state yeah. and after being away especially for a, for a long while it was just uh, something I wanted to do and I'm really happy to be back here. And how's the fan reception been? It's been good. Um, it's really cool that we have the Raw Corps out here now. You know, they're coming to every game, um, supporting us. Uh, the, you know, the fans drive us every week and we love that. And having that dedicated fan base as well would be great for all the games at Suncorp Stadium. Yeah, it definitely is. They're always behind us. They literally sing the whole game long, so it pushes us a lot. All right, so 
obviously your first in here was 2013-2014. What sort of differences have you made as a player since then? I think uh, since then I've been overseas and developed quite a fair bit. Um, being with the national team too has helped me a lot. Um, I think it's just been good for me to be able to go overseas and play with some really quality players and to get a lot of experience myself. Uh, so coming back here, you know, to, to be more of a mature player rather than one of the young ones, it's been really cool. And you would have obviously learned from a few coaches overseas as well? Yeah, uh, especially Mark Parsons. I had him uh, both at Washington Spirit and my f- last few seasons at Portland Thorns. And he's just, uh, I think he's just brought out the best in me, which has been good. So talk about your time playing with Washington and Portland. How was it over in America? Oh, I love it. It's just like home for me now. Uh, obviously, I've been in Portland the last few seasons. Uh, the fans there are incredible. The team, we have just, you know, some of the best players in the world. Uh, so going out there, playing each week, training with them all, I just, as I said earlier, it's developed me a lot and it's just such a cool experience playing over there. And I suppose as a as a W League is still growing here, what's something that you feel like they could learn from the US and I suppose vice versa as well? Oh, I just think that... Um, the W League bringing over those internationals in the first place, you know, um, there's everyone wants to come and play in the W League now. We're bringing people over from those American leagues, and I think that that's really good for us. It's it's helping develop and grow uh, women's football here in Australia because in America the game is a little bit bigger and a little bit, you know, more developed over there. So um, bringing over these internationals and um, that's just helping our league grow, I think. And you and the rest of the Australians over there obviously will be acting as pitch people for the league here? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Obviously, you've got a fantastic area to sell them on here in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I obviously have one of my teammates, Celeste, who I brought over from uh, my team in Portland. So I think the Australians do kind of try and bring um, people over when they can. And so what, what sort of impact do you think Celeste has had? I've been really impressed with her. Yeah, she's a quality player. She's just so strong and solid in that midfield area. No one really gets past her. And then she creates going forward as well. So I think she's just such a good outlet and such a good player that we've brought over. Brisbane's been a home for that sort of player in both the A-League and W-League as well, don't you think? Mm, yeah. With Eric Pardaloo and Luke Bratton? Yeah, right, exactly. All right, so with the Matildas... How's it been for you watching the team grow as much as they have in the last two or so years? Yeah, it's been really cool, actually. Um, I went through a bit of a period where I wasn't in with the national team. So now that I'm back in, um, it, it's been great for me to be able to be a part of it all. But seeing uh, just the game grow, having those games here in Australia where we sold out stadiums. Um, and then I think for us beating the US, it's just we've just been developing so much. And it's, it's just so great to be a part of something that's kind of changing. That Tournament of Nations was a real turning point for you guys, I felt. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, To beat those three nations who are just top sides um, just kind of showed us that I think, you know, we we are a contender to be, you know, the best in the world and that's kind of what we're aiming for right now. And were you able to use that for bragging rights over some of your teammates (laughs) over in the US? Yeah, it was actually quite nice because um, it was obviously our first time beating them. So going back to our club sides, there was a little bit of laughter about it. So looking forward, there's a World Cup coming up in 2019. Obviously, you're planning to be a part of that. How do you plan to get there? Yeah, uh, that's obviously one of my goals, and I want to get there, and I want to be playing, um, getting minutes over over there. Um, I went to the last World Cup and, and didn't play, so obviously, you know, looking, looking onto it now, I just want to continue playing well here in this season, and then I'll be heading back overseas too, which will just continue to help me develop, which I think it has previously. So... Um, 
just hopefully that can get me there. And obviously you've got a lot of your raw teammates in, in the Matilda setup. How does it help having the, I suppose, established combinations there? Yeah, it helps a lot. Obviously we're able to train together week in, week out. Um, not every team is able to do that. But for us, you know, we, we're building good relationships on the field. So when we do go to national team, we're just gelling well together. And obviously it makes gelling early in those games very easy as well. Yeah, it does, exactly. All right, so this year you got the goal against Perth at the weekend. Talk us through that. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, so I, last game we played against Perth, we obviously lost, so I think we went out for a bit of revenge. You know, we wanted to get the win. Uh, it was just nice to score a goal. I think some more people did more of the hard work. I just ended up sticking my leg out and getting it in at the end. But um, They all count. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it was, it was good and it was really nice to, you know, get three points after such a long trip over there. It really is a long flight. I don't know how you guys do it. Yeah, it was. it's a long trip. <laughs> <laughs> and the team's doing really well this year. What's gone into getting the side up the top of the ladder? Yeah, we have been doing well. I think Mel's just, you know, working with our strengths with our strengths really well. Um, she's pushing us each week. She's got everything planned or every opponent we're playing, you know, we're going through video on, video on them. We're going through video on ourselves. I think, you know, she's just putting in a lot of work and the team's really working for each other. So that helps a lot too. All right. And then, yeah, obviously we talked about playing at Suncorp. What are your hopes for this weekend's game? Yeah, um, Victory is my old team too, so... Um, you would definitely wouldn't have been sending any text messages to them trying to psych them out, <laughs> no would you? No way, no, of course not. <laughs> um, no, I think it's just nice to be back at home, to have the Raw Court out, to have our fans there, and, you know, we want to go out and put on a good performance uh, in, in front of our and in front of our home fans. And obviously because it's school holidays with the kids go free promotion, you're hoping to see quite a few uh, families there? Yeah, of course. You know, we always want people to come out, we want kids to come out, we want kids to look up to us, it's something we want, so that's great that they can go free so everyone should come along yep all right well thank you very much for your time today Haley. we've really enjoyed having you on the show thank you very much all right we'll be back after this this is the brisbane football review you're listening to the brisbane football review we'll be back after this Back to Secret 3 of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here. Thank you very much to Hayley Russell and the Brisbane Raw for that interview. It was a lot of fun, guys. I'm well sure you done would... was it, James? Thank yeah. you. I still haven't heard it yet, but well done anyway. <laughs> and there's I'm a sure trade... it was excellent. There's a trade secret gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it was a lot of fun getting out there and best of luck to the girls this weekend. All right, so segment three, we're going to talk about January transfer window. We'll talk about the January transfer yeah. window. And... These are the done deals already. Newcastle, Riley McGree is falling over himself with excitement to come in. <laughs> and then Patricio Rodriguez, is that it? Neymar's mate. Okay, yeah. yeah. Coming in as a injury replacement, I believe, for I think so, yeah. Vargas. I think it might yeah. be injury replacement. Although they've kind of talked about both of them playing at the back end of the season, so maybe it's not. You never know. Uh, then Melbourne City have signed Harrison Delbridge and Dario Vitisic, who is obviously the latter has just left Wellington Phoenix. No word on where Rado is. Wellington have signed Nathan Burns. That's actually a pretty good yeah. signing for them. And it shows, I suppose, going into the World Cup that he's at least looking for game time. Yeah, it's a really good move for both. Wellington needed some spark and something just to create some excitement around them. And he's obviously a um, former Johnny Warren medalist at that club. I'm biting my tongue about that. Yeah. No, well, about he, Wellington excitement. Well, they need something, right? But anyway, and also, just for him also, you're right, games in the World Cup if he's going to force his way back in. Yep. He's a fair way down the pecking order now. Or he was before Ange left. Another couple of Socceroos that are, or 
players that will hopefully be joining the Socceroos, at least in their minds. Terry Antonis and Dino Julbridge have joined Melbourne Victory. The Antonis one's a massive sign. Two and a half year deal. He they got released by his um, by his Dutch club. Uh, I can't remember which one. Well, well, the only the one that I really... Yeah, yeah. it's Ajax, but I know it's not... Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, no, so that, that's, a, that's a massive signing for um, for Melbourne Victory on that. And Dion Dulbich is a... If he's healthy, it's a massive signing for him. Yeah, that's true. Because he's had his fair share of injuries. And Dion Dulbich is an injury replacement uh, for James Donachie. Yeah. There we go. And then finally, uh, Western Sydney Wanderers have uh, lost Junpai Kusakami and Jacob Melling, and Melling has already signed with the Central Coast Mariners. Because of recycling. And Junpai Kusakami apparently has signed with Jaylee Club Shizumu S-Pulse. That's a stop. That actually makes sense, though, for him to... I don't think he played in a Jaylee before he came out here. So it's good for him to be able to go back to his homeland in the top yeah. league. That's right. Just quickly, on the Antonis move, I was wondering what that would mean for the future of James Troisi. And it turns yeah. out he's on a two-year deal, so... Maybe it's more Milligan or Valeri. It could be. On. Well, because yeah. he did play in that sort of deep-lying yeah. role when he was with the Wanderers, so... He could and probably I, do both. So I would actually say Valeri if we're looking yeah. at And I would names. be shocked if we see the back of Matthias Sanchez as well. He really has... He's yeah. got a big pedigree, but he's really failed to do anything, so... So I think maybe that might be covered for that long term. Insert your own, I don't really remember him playing joke. Mm. <laughs> All right, so... Are we expecting a busy month league-wide for transfers? Because it seems like there's a lot of players that are looking for game time, especially the younger ones. I definitely think there'll be a lot of movement. I think Adelaide's looking for a replacement for Matt Moore and also just they're missing so many young players at the moment. We're talking about they're the ones who really teed off with the the AFC thing. So they, I expect them to make some moves as well. I think I think everyone will pick up somebody. I do think most teams will get somebody. And, and even Sydney FC will and get on the other, as well. On the other side of the coin, you've also got a Socceroos legend that seems to be spending a lot of time in Byron Bay at the moment. Yeah, Not much else that may... Maybe he's in contact with Bernard Fanning. Well, Adelaide <laughs> did make an offer to him and he said no. But I think, interesting enough, Sydney FC are doing something which could change the way teams approach the Champions League because they're looking at bringing in a player specifically for that, an Asian player outside the salary cap who won't play in the A-League, they won't register him. He'd just be for that yeah. one competition, which would be very interesting to see how that works out for him. Because yeah. if that does work, you could absolutely see that becoming a model that all teams in the Champions League follow. But who's gonna like who would sign for yeah. essentially six games in four months or whatever? Yeah. This well, is this is where probably an older you think an older veteran class player would be mm-hmm. probably you know you're looking at someone who's not gonna who doesn't want that. No, day and day, you know, yeah. because the travel is just as much a part of the to the Asian Champions experience as is the actual playing against, you know, good quality opposition yeah. in the continent. Either that or a player who's looking to step up a level from where they are now. There we go. Which would be interesting. I think they're also linked to Fabio Ferreira as well to fill out their A-League squad. Which would also free up Ninkovic or Mijajewski to play Champions League. Which would be, be interesting. Alright, so we're going to talk about this from a raw perspective now because obviously... Like, there were a few stories coming out last week. We were all at the press conference, and there was a, what I feel to be a false report from 442, saying that the Raw had no plans for uh, transfer movement. So, this is what John Aloisi had to say. A lot of transfers coming up in Europe. Is there, are you keeping any eye out for any, any free agents that might pop up through January? Oh, you're always looking, especially when you have players out, depending on the, the, how long they're out for, if you can get an injury replacement in, or... Um, because you know you always want to look to improve, and but that's not just up to me. Though that's up to the club as well, whether we're able to bring someone in um, and see if there's room in the salary cap and then whatever else. But uh, you, you're always on the lookout for, 
as a coach and as a as a football department, you always have to look for for players for the future and, and for the present. But no, sp- no particular targets or anything like no, that. No, not at the moment. And in the story, it was reported as though there are no plans yeah. to make a move, which I think, based on that quote, is shown yeah, to the be. Key words are specific yeah. targets. No, there's no one specific we're looking at, but we are looking to see what comes up. Yeah, and I suppose from a raw perspective as well, they've got a tw- full 23-man squad at the moment, so. If anyone is going to be signed with an eye on the A-League yeah. campaign, someone's going to have to go. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah, but just going back to that, that story, like it's it's very disappointing. Um, look, I know media, media sort of journalists at the moment, it's all about, you know, that gotcha moment and, you know, shock and all. But this from 442, it's a very, very, it's a very, very annoying um, story where, which then you know, fed off the hysteria about oh the roar not looking, the roar not. The, you you heard it in that interview. He, twice he said no, spe- no specific targets as but far as. But they are always looking. Yeah, but they're all. But they are always looking. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, that doesn't mean to say oh the roar's not interested in bringing anyone in. You know, I even saw you know oh about oh we should may have Nathan Burns. Look, Nathan Burns is a good fit for Wellington. Apparently, his asking price was astronomical. Yeah, well. like I said... It, it, like Adelaide were looking at yeah. it as well, and he's out of their price range. And so. that would be... He's also got a link with... Nathan yeah. has a link with Adelaide. So, the, the thing is that it's like, it's no case of... You've got to at least give some credit to the, the Royal Football Department that they're not just going to go and grab any the first player off the street for the amount of money. For one, they don't have the room to do it. But also, but also as well, it's got to be a right fit. Like I said, it's not like in the off season where you're trying to rebuild a side. You're trying to you know put put the last pieces together to hopefully you know to, for the big second half of the season. And you know, just grabbing the yeah. first available player that's out there for the sake of no, I think it's wrong. And I think it, I think that report from four four two really embellished. I think redefined what the club are trying to do at the moment. You mentioned that players might have to move on for someone to come in. That may be true. Injury replacements are a possibility, and so is the guest player rule. Which is 14 games, which if you wait long enough in the January transfer window, you could probably get somebody in, which would allow them to play through the finals and also in the Champions League. Mm. So there's, that's a possibly they could follow. Where, if there's but, a player out there who fits the guest player criteria that they can bring in. And just on the injury replacement note as well, there are A League rules about how long the player they're replacing has to be out. So you couldn't, uh, I'm trying to think, yeah. Bortiak, he was out for five weeks. You couldn't yeah. sign an injury replacement player for four or five weeks. Yeah. If I it think, turns yeah. out that he would have had. Like the Luke Devere injury from 2015, 16, yeah. I think. When Even the Daniel Bowles one last year, which Papadopoulos was an injury replacement to start. Mm. Yeah. So it's all well and good saying you want to make those moves, but there does need to be a little bit of a practical thing. Yeah. And quite frankly, like you look at this squad and there aren't a whole lot of players that you can see That's... being up for grabs, I suppose, in January. I suppose the two yeah. names that really jump out uh, you know, one-time podcast guests, Corey Brown and Jack Hingert, because they are in that age where they might be looking to step up and maybe make a move to Asia or Europe. And as we're aware, they're out of contract at the end of the year. And That may have changed, but we haven't seen it confirmed. And also, I suppose, just as a follow-up on that, you know, I, do you really want to lose them? Can you afford no, to no. get rid of them? No. And no, that's the thing. What you need is to get everyone back fit and available. Yes. Then you've got a very strong squad. But this, this is the thing as well about this whole oh we want we need to do business and transfer window. Like I, I can't I haven't heard too many people actually say other than those players that are injured. But when when this whole squad is fit and healthy again, maybe with the exception of maybe you know a partner for Thomas Christensen in the middle of the Senate of of you know centre midfield. Like where where can we actually you know can build on yeah you know, and get a yeah. player that's going to fit into that mold? There are areas to improve yeah. the squad, but I think it's more you yeah, have it's to more, do that it's more in, the, in the off season 
when players move on yeah. as opposed I, to now. I do mm. feel like, to a certain extent, the players that we're looking at in the squad right now, they're the ones that are going to take you through yeah. to April and ideally May. Yeah. But, and I think we are all in agreement that, look, while the results haven't quite been what we would have hoped, mm. we are starting to see some, I suppose, encouraging signs. Like, mm. Take a look at Massimo Macaroni. Seven A-League goals now this year. Seven out, seven out of three. That's what, that's what you want from your, your striker. Yeah. Look, maybe yeah. maybe on his pay, pay packet, you yeah. probably want a few more. He's but... on pace for 14, 15 goals. It's okay, it's not Jamie yeah. McLaren level of goals the last couple of years, but it's still a darn good level. But if he keeps going at that pace, he's going to finish at 14. Yeah, which is which will put him right up there in the golden boot at the end of the season. Unless Bobo gets another four for or something. Well, he might be second to Bobo, yeah. but... <laughs> But I think this whole league at the moment is who's going to finish second in the regular season behind Sydney yeah. FC, and hopefully they can knock them off in the grand final. But I suppose if we are looking at areas to strengthen, yeah, central midfield would be one of them because like, while we're all relatively happy with what we've seen so far, just having another body there would be so critical. I think it's more than that, finding the right combination of yeah. the three because Aloisi talked about in the past, the Mackay-Coletti combination doesn't really work. Yeah. they're too similar. So I think it's more working out who's the best partner for Christensen than adding anyone at this point. And that and that's something you can't you don't do on the fly. That's something that that is something they need to look at in the off season when sort of you know the post mortem of things. But look at the end of the day, as I said, yeah. what what's the point of grabbing a player that's that's you know available if they're not going to fit the style and the way you know yeah. the, the raw play. The other thing, recruitment's not just uh, oh January all of a sudden you start thinking no it's a it should be a planned process year round. You should be looking ahead, windows ahead of what we might need, what where we might want to go, etc., and starting to consider those options. Because if you're looking at looking at the off season, you could start seriously considering approaching players now. Oh yeah, to bring I, in if you've identified which players you want. Well, and I would assume that any responsible football yeah. department has a list of players where, look, as we went back on before there are certain players that would be potentially looking for a move this January where you probably have in your mind saying, all right, well, if this player is going to take up a contract in Japan or something, I know that I've got three options ready to go to contact about replacing them. And that's not so much, you know... Yeah, it's also... We've identified this player as someone we want to bring in at some point. Is he available this window? No, okay, we'll wait. So, yeah. even, but so you're even, not buying just anybody, you're picking the right player for you that you want. There was even rumours circulating on um, on Twitter a couple of days ago about Uh-oh. about Corey Brown Never potentially... Never followed rumours. Oh, no, no, look, no, 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 <laughs> that makes my point. You know, about Corey Brown perhaps going to Melbourne Victory. But at the end of the day, like I said, if, if that were to materialise... such lazy the, I think the general, yeah, the general is, rule yeah. with the sort of rumours you see going around yeah. at this mm. time of the year, until they're you know, seen signing the contract and holding the shirt... Don't yeah. believe it. Yeah, or no, but... unless, like Granite Jacker, their brother accidentally posts something on Snapchat or something. Or, or Nike posts <laughs> a picture of <laughs> Felipe Coutinho. So. But, then, but just back to my point quickly on that, is that, but it's not like that if, if Brown were to leave that, oh my God, we haven't got left back because of Conor O'Toole's performances. So it's at the end of the day... Still, I just, I just found that absolutely ah, look, I, look, lazy I and ridiculous yeah. rumour-mongering that. All right, so I think I'm going to let you two keep ranting off air for a little while. We're going to take a break and come back and look at two games for the A-League side to preview this weekend. We'll be back after this. This is a Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. 
Welcome back to the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review for this week. It is a very special double preview because the Raw have got two A-League games before our next show. Scott, yes. how can people get in contact with us since you lost the... I did lose a coin toss and in, the, up your microphone. in the ad break, didn't I? I lost a... <laughs> Unfortunately. Yes, you did. Yeah, so Scott, how can people get in contact okay, with so us? Our Facebook at the Raw Review, Twitter at Raw Review, podcast, Wishker and iTunes, email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com and of course fan cams both Friday and Monday at the Northern Plaza. That's right, we've got uh, two lots of fan cams running. I will be very, very sleepy Monday, so please come and help me out because I'm probably going to be mumbling through the questions. You're going to be spent by Monday night. Sleepy this week and frustrated next week if your team doesn't win in the playoffs. Yes, that's right, I'm covering the NFL playoffs for work, so that means a a. 4am start Monday. So I will probably either be very sleepy or buzzing on about my eighth coffee of the hour. Depending on the result. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) All right, so... First game, Friday, Raw against Western Sydney Wanderers, Monday against Sydney FC. It is a state-against-state doubleheader, I think it's being marketed as, so the Raw will be in their maroon kits with Bernard Fanning playing uh, walking out. So it'll be a very Queensland feel for it, and if it really wants to be a Queensland feel sort of day, it's going to be about 40 degrees too. (laughs) (laughs) One of these days, I'm wondering if Sydney FC won't play ball and we'll go with their white away kit just to annoy people. Yeah, well, then just, you still well, got... I don't think it's going to happen one day. People are going to get really, really annoyed at it. Yeah, but see, I'm not going to be too fussed about that because then you've got one dark yeah. kit, one light kit, so... <laughs> and Wanderers will have their light kit anyway. Yeah, they'll have to wear their white kit, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, it's um, it's you know, an interesting sort of set of games because you got, you've got one game where you actually give us um, a good chance and the other, well, geez, I, I don't know, it's... Uh, you don't think we've got a good chance against West Sydney? Oh, I think we do have got a great chance. I'm not so, so confident about uh, Sydney FC at the moment, but I don't think I don't think many teams at the moment would actually give themselves much of a hope against Sydney the way they're playing right now. They uh, couldn't win here last year, right? <laughs> that is actually very true. But this is what uh, I think the stand-in skipper it's going to be this weekend. Luke Devere had to say about playing two games in two days. Could be a tough weekend against you know two teams who've had good results on the weekend. Yeah, I think, you know, Western Sydney have gone through their patches as well this year and, you know, they got a positive result last night, I think it was. Um, but at the same time, you know, they're coming up here at Suncorp with a short turnaround um, and we're confident now that we can, you know, use last week's performance to, to roll forward. So obviously it's going to be a very big ask for these guys trying to back up like that, but I feel like they're going to at least give it a good go and having the Friday-Monday should give them a bit of recovery time as well. Oh, look, I, I think... No, so I said just before the... Um, before we went to look the Vier piece, so at the end of the day, it doesn't mean to say, oh, you throw up your hands and give up, either. That's, you know, I just think that, you know, Sydney are going to go in that very, very heavy phase. to see what sort of rotations they're all run between the two games, because there's a lot of injuries still. Well, not sure going to be too many players back available either, so they might not be able to rotate the squad at all. I'm actually, I was actually thinking about that, like, because the youth leagues still have their game as well this weekend, yeah. which is so, a way to Melbourne. Well, victory. you might as well just withdraw anyone you're considering for the squad now. Yeah, the season's basically finished for them. So I actually wonder if we're going to see someone like Aaron Reardon brought in just for that yeah. extra yeah. cover. Well, I think Daniel Leck would definitely be staying back, along with maybe even Adam Sawyer as well, and Ramad Akbari, yeah. of course. Well, Akbari's probably going to start again. Yeah, so, so it'll be interesting to see how they sort of balance the two games. It seems like. Just off the top of my head, you're going to wind up with probably Jamie Young, the defensive duo of Pepper and uh, Devere playing both games, almost out of necessity. I don't I want to, but it feels like you're going to have to rely a little bit on Christensen and Oxborough. I think Hinger to start both games. I think you might see the left-back position... Rotated? Yeah, you might see that one game each. And 
for up front, you've obviously got Massimo Macarone, who, yeah, that's going to be a big ask for him because yeah, he would have done back to back. Time Gamero gets to start. Yeah, or they just wind up playing a couple of games, mm. or they wind up sort of giving him sixty minutes against mm. Wanderers and sixty minutes against Sydney FC. It is a good know. test though, actually. So sorry, Adam. It's, um, but the Champions League coming up and games in quick succession. It's the first taste of it for this group. Good learning experience, and we can see what John Alisi was able to pick up. Anyway, Adam, you were about to say. I was, gonna, I was just going to say that, you know, despite his, his age, you know, Massimo Macaroni doesn't um, strike me as a guy that, you know, that wants breaks or needs a break. He, he's, he's very, very fit. And I, look, I, I think he, you may, if he's, you might surprise, he may actually play 90 in both. I, I don't know how. It's I almost superhuman. It but, you know, it's, he doesn't look like a player at the moment that, you know, fitness-wise. He probably is because he... He's definitely well the stereotype, game, but, Yeah, but... Um, he, he has the experience to know when to run and yeah. what intensity, hmm. which is what playing yeah, 20 years... A lot of people are thinking, yeah. oh, 38-year-old centre forward is going to struggle with the heat and the humidity and the fitness and not run out games. He's certainly proven that wrong. Hmm. I think that was actually... Like part of our show. <laughs> yeah, he's proved that completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully he keeps uh, continuing to prove people yeah. wrong and starts to score a whole bunch more goals. Obviously, we really want to see the Raw go on a winning run here because obviously it's a fan network. It's a lot more fun for us when they're winning. <laughs> but it is going to be a big ask. Yeah, particularly without, without the captains or Matt McKay. I mentioned see, it has to be Oxborough comes in, right? Oh, yeah. Listen, I can't think of anybody else yeah. who would be available. I, like even if you try and do a slight defense like formation yeah. tweak, it's very very hard to see anything else other than than Mitch um, Oxborough starting alongside yeah. Christensen. I just, I just we just don't have the cattle at the moment to yeah. be able to even be creative. Christian, would they bring back maybe Brett Holm and bring him back early, off the bench maybe, as that midfielder off the bench maybe? But again, you, it comes down yeah. to do you want to take that yeah. risk? Because they do, of course, have a game coming up the following Saturday as yeah. well. Yeah. I'm just trying to think what they could do to mix it up a little bit for one of the games. Well, we do just want to finish off with a Jacob Pepper quote talking about his new defensive role, which I think we can all agree he's surprised us and several other people as well. Bit of a new lease on life for you this season, playing central back and and doing a really good job. I mean, how's all that been for you when everyone else is sort of out injured and you're going about the business? No, look, it's it's been good uh, for me personally in my game. Um, Look, it's, it's another position that... Now I can say I've played, really. Um, didn't think I'd be there at the start of the year, but um, these things happen. Um, and we've had a lot of injuries on the pitch. So, look, I think for me personally, it's, it's been pretty easy. Um, my first couple of games with Avram, who's a very experienced defender. So he, um, he Lukey and Bolsey, I've played, I've played next to in the space of four weeks. So that's been good for me. And like I said, um, me looking forward, I'd like to see myself playing more games on there. And we should say thanks to the Raw for that audio as well from yesterday's press conference. He's been fantastic as well, Jacob Pepper in Central Hoods. I don't think anyone saw that coming. No, we all, I think, thought, oh, he might have a few good games, yeah. but then he might start to get found out. But look, for someone that a lot of the fan base was expecting the club to get rid of, or at least begging them to, yeah, he's been a pleasant surprise this year. And you know what? Good for him. Yeah. Oh, look, and you now the thing is that every every squad needs... You know, players that can play that utility role, and you know, he, he had a rough, t- rough, rough uh, had a rough time last season. But look, he's shown he's actually you know got a bit of worth. You know, especially in an unfamiliar position as centre back. You know, I think I think I think he's done really well. Absolutely, like, you can't really argue too much with what he's produced no, there. He's been absolutely brilliant at the back for the raw. Particularly, you mentioned in segment one on Saturday in Adelaide, he was brilliant. That's right. All right, so I suppose. 
Like we talked about the young guys we expected to come in this week or possibly against Sydney, but do you really want to throw them in against a side that could be already well clear as premiers? Well, the thing is, they've done this before, Leroy. Remember, Francis Tyson did this against Melbourne Victory. He threw them in against that team that wanted to win the double, so it's entirely... It's not out of the question you could do that, and young players can surprise you as well. That's the other thing. Yeah. They can absolutely surprise you. I wouldn't rule out maybe Adam Sawyer coming off the bench in that game or Roman Akbari having an impact in that game. I think it's entirely possible. Well, it is a good opportunity for these guys to step up. So we're going to go through and do predictions. We're going to start off with the Western Sydney Wanderers game, which is, of course, Friday. Both games, of course, to kick off at 6.50pm Brisbane time. So hopefully they'll get... also quickly mention the W League prediction on that. I think that'll be a good result for them. Oh, they're going to win. They they can win this game. Yep. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They are a better side than Melbourne Victory, and they're going to win. Touch wood. I say don't blame James. Yeah. I get blamed for everything else anyway. All right, so I'm going to start off with Western Sydney Wanderers. Look, I was happy to be wrong with picking a loss last week, so I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw this week against the Wanderers. You've stolen my tip. I'll go I'll go um 2-1 to Brisbane. 2-1. Adam? I'm going to go 2-0 Brisbane. Okay, so... I'm d- gi- I'm the given our tips travelling well at the moment. So. Given our yeah. tips record, yeah, well done you two. You mm. just jinxed it. <laughs> and then Sydney FC, I... I'm getting a first year 1-all. You're going 1-1? <laughs> All right, Adam? We go three one Sydney. Three one Sydney. Sydney don't win in Brisbane. That is exactly happen. well, I will say Adam, that is exactly what I've tipped as well. It is just a case of Sydney FC are far and away yeah. better than anyone else. Look, in the that, that gives me absolutely no pleasure, but is I Is it think, one win in a decade they've had up here? No, but this is this is a decent side. And I, I, I actually think I actually think that no well, same side as last year that came well, here and couldn't get Scott, a win. Scott, I'll tell you what. Yeah. If you're right, you don't have to do plugs next week. Yeah. Great, there's no coin toss next week. <laughs> I think that I think that sounds fair. All right, so Scott, Adam, that's going to do it for so this what's week. Your, what's your prediction for three one? Oh, three one to Sydney, yeah. Oh, are you copying? No faith at all. Oh, I have faith. I'm just yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's origin right. time. Come on. <laughs> That's right. All right. So everyone get out, enjoy the football. Thank you very much for listening this week. Thank you very much to Hayley Rasso for coming on the show. We appreciate it. And best of luck to the W League, A League, Youth League this weekend. Hopefully we can come out with 12 points instead of nine. All right, Scott, Adam, thank you very much. See you, James, Adam. Scott, James, and Alice's. All right. We'll be back next week. This has been the Brisbane Football Review.